0: Outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode 345. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You may also know him as D43 in the forum, and you can find him on Twitter at D4384. Happy to
1: be here as always, and, and it's uh, going to be fun to jump into uh, a little bit of a dev, dev blog discussion uh, as the second one was released.
0: Yes, that is what we're going to be talking about today, that second developer blog and a little bit of modding talk as well as some topics came to mind. It's, uh, we are actually recording this on October 16th, it has just ticked over to October 16th here in Australia. It is my uh, 36th birthday today, Derek, so I'm going to be a grumpy old man on this show.
1: Happy birthday, but Thank that you. doesn't deviate from how, you, from, from how you acted at 35. You were still a grumpy old man.
0: So it's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's well, I'm a grumpier old man, like the, uh, like the old Jack Lemmon, um, uh, Walter Matthau movies of the mid-90s. <laughs> the grumpy old man.
1: So you're still uh, you're aging yourself by even bringing that up. Yeah, and I actually have my 36th birthday in a few weeks as well. I turn 36 in November, so... Um, yeah, so I guess this is your birthday
0: episode. It is, it is. So uh, basically I can get away with anything I want. That's that's usually how birthdays work, right?
1: Exactly, and you edit the podcast.
0: That's right, so, yeah.
1: So, I mean, you can let in whatever you want. <laughs>
0: that's right, yeah. But uh, yes, we do have some comments on the developer blog, as you might imagine. The second one came out this week, as Derek said. And it's one of those things, you and I have been talking about it, wanting to be positive not wanting to be too negative because obviously there's a lot of negativity these days social media is is rife with it and i i just i just wrote this this past monday's uh, monday tip-off about cynicism about next gen and it's 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 something i don't relish i don't like feeling that way but you read the developer blogs and you see some of the promises that have been made through the years. And, we, of course, we touched on this on last week's show when we talked about the first developer blog. It's, uh, it's hard not to feel a little bit cynical and uh, skeptical at best, but certainly cynical at times when we've heard it all before. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, we'll, perhaps we've gotten to that age where we've seen a lot of games. We've played a lot of games in our day. And uh, we do have expectations and <laughs> expectations that have not been met at times. And that uh, that doesn't help.
1: Uh, I sent you a message earlier um, before we started recording, and I said, you know, I'm going to try to be more positive on here. When I said here, I mean I meant Twitter, because you know I don't like being more negative than positive. About I don't. You Same. know, nobody wants to have that feeling. Nobody wants to be screaming from the rooftops about things nobody nobody wants to have that mindset um it's negative it's stressful um it can put wear and tear on you um your your mind your body all of that stuff um but sometimes it's just really tough and we're going to get into that you know when we talk about you know the the second dev blog and what's um pretty frustrating about it but yeah it, I, I don't like to do this like i don't i don't like but but the thing is is that people in and, and I, like i said to you before it's important that people speak up if something's bothering them right yeah instead absolutely. of holding side, and it's important for whether it be in the real basketball space um the virtual gaming space um you know virtual basketball space or otherwise um, it's important that feedback and constructive criticism um, go out there detailed obviously as, as we want to be but that that information gets out there in order to not only make ourselves feel better but hopefully to make a change in the in the product or the way it's being marketed or, or something like that
0: so absolutely and of course cynicism does get in the way of wanting to give feedback at times what taken to the extreme because you do get that feeling of is it worth uh, is it worth speaking up am I being listened to but we don't lose anything except for a bit of our (laughs) bit of minutes of our day to to talk about these things and to post on reddit or nlc forum twitter uh, social media etc so it it ultimately is worth doing we have to push through the cynicism but at the same time i I think people do appreciate that authenticity and i I must thank people who have been uh, making some nice comments about the show and saying that yes they they feel the same way about the blogs that they they are happy that people are speaking out on these issues and not just uh, regurgitating these talking points much like a uh, like a puff piece or, or basically glorified uh, previews or, or advertising for the for the product that we're actually approaching with some critical thinking, and critical thinking is so important uh, in, in things that are more important than basketball games, of course. But certainly, uh, covering the scope of basketball games as we do here at the NLSC and on the NLSC podcast, uh, critical thinking is is certainly important. And it's as consumers, we shouldn't just accept any old thing. We do pay a lot of money for these games every year and and i do see people say things like oh well if you can't afford the games don't buy them it's it's kind of like the whole vc argument you know the microtransactions argument directly oh well, you don't have to pay but obviously the games are being designed in a way that are going to force it so it's important to address these issues and to offer up that criticism and when something is really bad to when there's a bad business practice as a consumer to speak out on it so i I think there are definitely people who share our views and and are happy that we're talking about it and we do want to couch it with that constructive criticism of course but at the same time uh, when something sucks you you call it out
1: well the whole we'll just don't buy it and don't complain don't don't buy a thing that is so frustrating because for one thing that doesn't mean the issue goes away
0: no the issue still
1: exists and you you care about the product because you want to create memories with the product and you're paying for the product right so if you buy it you pay for it um but you also care about other gamers right why is the whole thing well don't buy it if you whatever well what about if you want to speak up for other gamers as well right yeah like yes. i couldn't stand nba 2k 18 when it was first released and i wasn't i decided to not play it basically through the 2k 18 cycle but that didn't stop me from speaking up because i knew that the issues were bothering other gamers i knew that the metacritic score was under a one right i knew that the steam reviews were overwhelmingly positive um, negative etc for 2k 18 so what happened to also thinking about your fellow human like i don't want yeah. he, i don't want to be spending, getting all excited, spending sixty dollars, and as you and I know, with you know virtual currency and whatnot, microtransactions, you know, spending over a hundred dollars, sometimes two hundred dollars, sometimes up to five hundred dollars, in Madden thousands, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to think that somebody got got all excited about a game and then they're just they play it and they're so frustrated with it between the gameplay elements and the microtransactions and all of that stuff, that what happened to caring about your fellow gamer
0: agree you know, and like uh, yeah.
1: overall praying and the overall praying on consumers like it just it blows my mind I, I that's one of the worst excuse one of the worst statements i can think of in in these threads and you see it on operation sports i've had it said on my youtube channel it said well just don't buy it hmm. that's yeah. that's not a solution
0: it, it's a thought-terminating cliche and I understand that people do see a lot of negativity on social media and everything. And, and gamers, we can be very over the top in our critiques or our outrage about things. That 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 is a thing. And I guess some people just they just want to enjoy things. They want to play the games, which is fine. But it does end up becoming a thought terminated cliche where they do just dismiss all criticism. You know, you're a hater, all this stuff. You saw some of the things that were said to me. I mean, it, of course, it happens in any fandom. You saw some of the remarks I got when I dared to speak my mind about an NBA topic earlier this week as the nba finals wrapped up oh it's not the time oh it's you know don't complain you know just just appreciate just tip your You're hat and move a on hater. yeah it's You're just a hater, no, just you know, a the hater. Thing is i'm emotional i'm yeah. a hater i'm like well you know right back at you except for the fanboy you know that's it's
1: can, what... can i point something out you say gamers are over the top right yeah some gamers can be over the top well how about the company being over the top taking advantage of people
0: oh yeah We're yeah
1: the- paying for the game right Right? We're paying for it. Um, we you know, I wanna point something out. A gamer can be over the top and you can say, Oh, well it's just a video game. You're taking this too seriously. So, do you realize that most of what we do in every day, you know, with stuff like this is entertainment? Hmm. Movies, shows, video games, all of that stuff. What do you what do you want us you know, it's a passion. It's something we get into, it's something that's supposed to be an escape on escape so while over some gamers get can, can yes be you know over the top what about the company doing the ramping up these over the top taking advantage of consumers and these people's practices it, it's right? the whole
0: so you know it, not not my problem therefore not a real problem dismissal uh, appeal to bit larger problems you know or is this the, the worst problem you've got today? well so, no it's not but we're talking about video games right now so that's the conversation you know that Yes, obviously there are more, there are worse things in the world than two K, and their microtransactions, you know, for sure. But in the context of talking about video games and basketball games, that is a problem. So it, it's one of those things where people will just try all these tricks to to win the, the conversation, the the gotcha moments of uh, of discussion, and, and why it's important to employ critical thinking and to really go into these issues, which we are uh, are about to do. But it's yeah, it is disappointing to see that within the community and uh not trying try to silence other people who have valid criticisms and or are just speaking their mind
1: yeah nobody plays my league
0: yeah well, apparently nobody plays nobody my plays team that. which is funny because it makes a lot of money for <laughs> for yeah, two k. somebody that, must be yeah.
1: jesus oh look you i even had this i had this comment on uh one of my uh threads they said oh no what they said no wonder he's complaining he plays play now that's what that was one of the comments
0: i, he I plays mean play now i've seen complaints about every single mode in 2k so w- what does that tell you you know
1: <laughs> so, yeah like first off like nobody plays play now number one like no that's n- number two like the play now experience gameplay wise is vastly different from what you get in my league right yeah or like in, in in the other modes and stuff let's say you were just jumping in without sliders in the in the modes that you could you know actually um you know tweak them and whatnot like somehow play now i'm inferior if i jump into play now it's just it's 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 also
0: the idea that no other modes have problems and no other modes get complaints so like i don't think that's the case because i've seen the comments
1: yeah and you guys realize that other modes have the same gameplay engine
0: it's just it's common
1: (laughs) sense like they're
0: not they're not thinking no it, it isn't it's uh We've seen the the, and we'll get into that why people react to blogs the way they do, and and overlook these issues, and it's it does come down to just believing whatever your uh, whatever you see, whatever you read, and we know that from NBA talking heads and uh, so called analysts, but uh, we don't need to get into that. We might need, might uh, leave that for holding court. I think we'll have a lot to say on that next time you and I, uh, next time you you know our guest on holding court. Well, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about some of the talking heads but uh, in any event of course the lakers won the championship this past week but uh, the nba 2k21 next gen gameplay blog number two it is focusing on movement and contact Uh, last week was the fundamentals of shooting dribbling and passing controls basically Uh, this week is talking about the motion engines the collisions physics etc the new impact engine so i was going to just go down some of the points on the my summary d of, uh, of what i've written here on the the blog of course you can check out the blog in its entirety it goes into some more details about things and has some uh, flavor content videos etc uh, demonstrating the various points uh, but the first point that i've summarized here a uh, movement for dribbling has been rebuilt from the ground up built from the ground up is a uh, kind of the catchphrase this year for nba 2k21 next gen uh, now easier to go where you want on the floor and there are apparently no unwanted turns or issues with facing the wrong way uh, protect and post movement has been upgraded and more realism in player speeds and sense of weight that is the, the one of the first things we've been told uh looking at the videos it's it's very hard to tell feel from videos obviously um but yeah so they're, they're saying they're going to the, the the motion of dribbling they're claiming it is improved is the, the first thing that they're claiming in this blog basically derek
1: yeah I, I think the the feel of dribbling is heavily contingent on how it's feels to move your player how it feels to um, change directions how it feels to accelerate how it feels to be able to snap back moves you know to to be able to dribble one hand and then quickly go to the other hand um, is there skating involved there are a lot as you know a lot of movement um, excuse me a lot of dribbling can feel a lot about uh, dribbling can feel better based on how your player moves
0: hmm.
1: how is plant um how getting, getting stuck like in it's, animations it's, yeah yeah exactly um stuff like that so i also i said this on the prior podcast and i'm going to say it again you know go back and look at 2k16 and look at the amazing foot planning number one, but look at the four different size up options that you could easily break out of front, back, left right and, and everything and I feel like dribbling over the years has not only gotten ridiculously and unneededly more complicated um, but you have less options with it. it feels um and it also like like i said they don 't like for two k twenty one for p c they had that one size up right that yep. you could trigger um so we've we've knocked out free size ups and the foot planning has gotten worse. So, um, yeah, when I, when I say games have regressed or they've um, they've you know in many ways they've declined, that's one of the areas that I just feel it has. So.
0: When there's also the hip riding, the, the the fact that you can just pick that one angle straight to the basket, that's that's been a big issue as well.
1: And it's a forced, you know. That's the thing too is there's a difference between getting your guy on your side and um being forced into like a side by side canned animation where your player is randomly sped up or slowed down and that's what happens is it's like you end up getting attached to the player's hip and if you do it in a face-up motion like let's say you're in the post and you face up and then you try to move you either drop the ball or you go into this ridiculously slow motion side by side that looks incredibly unrealistic (laughs) and feels even worse and then, if you try to do it on the perimeter, sometimes—and this has been since 2K18—you'll get that first step on somebody. Well, not even a first step; you'll just go forward, and it will get—it will lock the defender on your side, and then your player will accelerate at a really high speed and just get to the hoop
0: for you know, no reason. Since you bring that up, it might just actually jump ahead in the blog and my summary thereof, uh, because it, you bring up a point that uh, that touched that Mike uh, Baluba touched on later in the blog. Uh, my summary is as follows, interactions between ball handlers and defenders feature less canned moments with emphasis on the quote cat and mouse game that takes place between offensive and defensive players. Off-ball interactions have also been reworked to avoid a feeling of being canned and the vacuum screens have been removed. These are the uh, things that are being advertised in the blog, obviously. We will see if that <laughs> comes to pass. Um, that's kind of going going to what you were talking about there being uh, sucked into those canned animations and as you say it goes into that either the fast or slow uh, canned moments of those animations with the hip riding and the the whole cat and mouse that they're talking about There's, there was a lot of nba live blogs back in the day that referred to similar systems both on dribbling and defending defending ball handlers and also post play they referred to it as a as a jostle system 2k calling a cat and mouse same kind of thing the uh, The push and pull, whatever you want to call it, of the offense and defense trying to counteract one another and uh, get the get ahead of each other. Uh, So it's it sounds like what they're advertising, at least in the blog, that it's something that's uh, being addressed. Uh, It's it's hard to see with some of the clips because, of course, the clips are being shown. Well, we'll get into this as we continue to go through the points. But in theory, the clips are showing the best examples of these things that they're talking about naturally they're not going to show examples where the, the system fails <laughs> to show to to work as intended no, yeah of course although that although they it's did bad. which we'll get into with the foot planting but but they are it's it says that they are well, one of the points is that they are trying to uh, reduce those canned moments which again if they can no pun intended if they can get rid of those canned moments uh so much the better uh but it's it's one of those things it's hard to see from the clips and it's one of those things again that we've heard before
1: yeah. So when you're talking about the hip riding, go back for those people, go back and look at the um, some of the early gameplay for next gen PS5 that was released right after they released the, um, the quote unquote official trailer um, where Steph Curry is driving the lane and there is the sped up blow by with his hip attached, like the him attached to the hip of the um, defender. Um, and so it completely. Again, it, it doesn't go with what they're saying in the dev blog, which we're going to get into in a minute with foot planning. But Steph Curry in that video is driving the lane, and the, 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 again, the, the defender gets attached to his hip, and the animation is sped up. So I'm not optimistic. Everything that I'm seeing in the gameplay videos that they're posting doesn't match what they're saying in the dev blog. And like you had stated before, and we said it so many times on the forum, we've heard all of this before.
0: The motion engine that they've got in the game for the next gen is in its third year of development, so obviously they've been working on this in the background. Uh, features unique contextual animations for various game situations, improved pathing, cuts and stops, more responsiveness and less uh, twitchiness to the players when uh, on the input, uh, increased differentiation in the way players of varying sizes move, and the ability to take smaller quick steps with the taps to the left stick. Now, that last point in particular, Derek, the you know, taking smaller quick steps with taps to the left stick... If that's something they have done, then that is going to be a huge improvement because with this motion system that came in with 2k18, trying to make those little feathered movements of just being able to take a, a small step to go to go back behind the three point line or just to reposition your player is very difficult. Trying to actually just take a, a few small steps and you, if you just push it slightly, they'll do a little fake rather than actually uh, reposition. And if you push it further, they take a big step in any direction. So that is something they do need to address. Uh, I guess the disclaimer of any any point, you know, we, not to be too repetitive, it's, of all these points, if it's going to be as good as advertised. But I, I think that is something they absolutely need to do. We will see how well it works. But the motion system they introduced in 2K18 makes slight movement like that very difficult. So that, that is something that needs to be fixed uh, moving forward.
1: Yeah, but I'll say this again, though, Andrew. This is the thing. That's adding another complication into a system that... Instead of just improving the foot planning, listen, if I want to take small steps or big steps in 2K16 and 2K17 or accelerate or slow down or anything, I have no issues with it. Mm. I've shown video of this, right? Yeah. Like there's the, the as far as the foot planning goes. Now they're saying, oh, well, now you have to hit another button in order to plan. What happened to the way it was before? We didn't have to hit a separate button.
0: Oh, this it's this, this is another- I, I, this is slight movements of the left stick, like like you used to be able to do. But I think that that's that in itself is a problem. They're advertising slight player movement as a new feature, like you say we could do yeah, that in sixteen and
1: seventeen. Even- Jeez, yeah, exactly. So no, that, now I understand. I thought you were saying hit like a, a button, but like even that—that's something that we have had
0: in previous for generations. Years.
1: Yeah, April um, I want to I want to read this from the two K twenty developer blog remember they're talking they're talking about in this dev blog number 2 they're saying they're talking about improved foot planning and they're saying that um basically that first off the one of the quotes is is that they couldn't have done it before what what's the first quote in the dev blog 2 that talks about um, how they could it, it, this generation of consoles ps4 and xbox 1 um they didn't have the capability to have better foot planning basically you have yeah, that in front of
0: you? basically it, it, it yeah. is saying that the new technology has allowed them to again build from the the ground up and is able to do things that they couldn't before I'll see if I can just bring up the exact quote for you at at the top of the blog was it um next gen it, it was
1: yeah it was about the um it was about the foot planning section um and while you pull that up I want to read oh, there what it is. It yeah. was in the yeah. you got it yeah
0: Yeah. so so this is 2k21 before we flash back to 2k20 that you've got there foot planting uh sliding in basketball is no good but it's something we've had to live with in the past because of limitations in technology i'm happy to say that the next gen version of nba 2k21 takes a huge leap in that department this is all my emphasis of course our engineers rewrote our foot planting tech from scratch and it led to one of the most striking visual improvements when you compare next gen to previous generations players can now take procedural steps instead of sliding their feet when they need to make micro adjustments i love seeing proper footwork as players and making hard cuts accelerating stopping even just standing and making subtle movements in place it just brings 2k hoops one more step see right there closer to real life uh so that is the the procedural steps of what i just referred now, to there is, the tapping yeah, left so, stick so, so, so the, yep well, well, here's yeah, okay, so, so, what 2k20's blog okay yeah sorry um so this is the 2 k twenty one. um
1: I just didn't want too much time to elapse after you said that, so people can see the similarities. Here's 2K20. Some of the advances that you'll immediately immediately see and feel when you pick up NBA 2K20 are the better are better foot planning, momentum modeling, and motion style variation. Players have a much better sense of weight and plant their feet properly when cutting or exploding from a stand. Um, and then it talks about thanking, uh, you know, and thanks to addition of motion styles. Do you know how bad the skating was in 2K20?
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I remember. You see the video <laughs> that I put up? Uh, I, I, played it. It, yeah. I played it, yeah. I played alone a lot in 2K20. Yeah, I've seen it. it. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that we've heard this all before. And if you actually watch the, um, the gameplay videos from the dev blog, uh from you know excuse me refer you know after the dev blog you know ones that steve noah posted and whatnot the players are literally skating they're you know they they show a charge animation where lillard um charges into a defender and he is literally skiing into the defender yeah he, he he's not even planting at all he is sliding for a good while into the defender then you had the default gameplay trailer, like the original one, with Tim Hardaway Jr. doing that drive, and his speed breaks, then he skates, then he floats above the court, and then, and then goes in for the dunk. And it's like, and, and you, this is the thing. You talked to me about this before the call, and you were frustrated about it, and so was I. People are talking about how it looks better. Hmm. There's yeah. people backing it. There's people saying, oh, wow, this is great. But it's it's complete. It's like they're. It's like cognitive dissonance. It's like they're. They can't see it. Like they can't see that it's exact. Like everything that I'm seeing is exact. I can put it side by side. It's. It looks the same from these gameplay videos that it does on Two K Twenty One for PS Four.
0: There is definitely a disconnect between what is being said and and what is being uh, shown. Uh, Before we get into that, I just want to back up to that uh, that passage you read from the Two K Twenty blog. You know, we, we talk about hearing this stuff before that wording is almost identical to what we're hearing in the 2k20 blog 2k21 blog rather next gen about foot planning we when we say we heard it all before yeah it, that's pretty much the same thing was said about 2k20 almost down to the word and, and talking about the the technology and the re- rewriting everything and 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 the cuts and everything the, the same scenarios were talked about and it, it wasn't the case, and. To that point, we are seeing the 2K21 next-gen footage not lining up with what we see. You talk about Lillard uh, being on, on skis, almost, you know, beyond skating, we're now, uh, we're now in slalom. We're getting right into downhill skiing right now. Uh, talk, you talk about the downhill badge in, uh, in, <laughs> for my players and, and NBA players alike. It, uh, it, it is really uh, boggles the mind to see them talk about that and then, and then pick a, a clip that actually shows the complete opposite, and and yes, since you brought it up, let's talk about that. The fact that people do see these clips and say, oh, that looks so much better and everything, and yet the sliding is still there. Not everybody. I will say that quite a few people have pointed it out, and certainly a lot of people in the NLSC forum uh, that we, where we've been discussing it have pointed it out. But I, I think people are, are so eager to have the, to see these improvements they, they want it to be true because let's face it there's only one game that we know of that's coming out in the the near future which is nba 2k nba 2k 21 next gen uh, it, it, if you want to get a new nba game it is the only new one coming out so people do pin their hopes on it and i think it's just people are seeing what they want to see or they're just saying just hoping that it's just beta footage or whatever it's uh, i don't think it's necessarily um a lack of knowledge or, or even fanboyism in some cases although in some cases it is I, I think people are just so desperate for for it to be true they just want that improvement so much that they're just trying to convince themselves that these blogs uh are telling the truth or, or that they, or the, or the but they're not even trusting their own eyes of what they what's clearly seen in the clips um and it's i, I think again that uh and I talked about this on in the Monday tip off uh, sometimes the cynicism as much as I don't like it can also be a bit of a shield against some of the bs quite frankly that when you've gone through a few previous seasons you can see the repetition in the blogs as as you just pointed out you can see how how promises are made and broken so you can you can approach it with that skepticism and i think some people are just so hopeful that the skepticism has gone out the window and it's I mean, maybe it is cognitive uh, dissonance, as you say, but uh, and I'm sure that is part of it. But I, I think some people are just so desperate to believe uh, that they're trying to convince themselves.
1: Hope is a strong force. Hope is, is incredibly strong. And before I get into that, I, I wanted to bring up this header, and this is going to make you laugh and possibly get a little bit frustrated. So I had read that piece from 2K20, right? Here's the here's a, 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 a header for that, you know, before that statement. Uh, during the deblog, it says proper footwork is a core foundation of basketball and replicating that properly is vital to balancing the interplay between offense and defense without realistic movement everything else falls apart um, and then it says in the, right, the lead up to that comment about the foot planning it says our sm- our, our motion team spent the past couple of years developing developing an upgraded motion engine with the aim of finding a happy medium and thanks to their hard work movement in this year's game has taken a huge leap forward first off if anybody plays nba 2k19 and nba 2k20 you know damn well that the 2k20 movement wasn't a huge leap forward nope over 2k19 number one number two I want to read this again and let, and let people think about this, like really think about this and think about the movement we've had and, and all the stuff I demonstrated on my video and everything and how it frustrates you. It says without realistic movement, everything else falls apart. That's what they said in this blog. So the point is, is they're kind of telling on themselves right here, right? That's why the gameplay is so frustrating a lot of the time because of the lack of real realistic movement. Definitely. Yeah. Which has control. So, just wanted to throw that in there. Um, as far as the, like you said, cynicism and whatnot that we have, but, you know, the people, the almost like the false hope and the grasping at anything to um, be positive about, uh, I, I also think that what ends up happening is people people are blinded by not only hope, but they're blinded by popularity. Could you agree with that? People are blinded by the, you know, this is the popular brand. Everybody loves 2K. Um, we're all going to get 2K, no matter what. We're going to be playing, etc. And, and I think that, uh, in a lot, a, a lot of reasons for people being you know, overlooking issues or b- allowing themselves to be lied to over and over and over again or not pointing out certain issues, I think popularity plays a factor.
0: I, I think it does. And also the whole recency bias and the, the idea that newer is always better, because why would you put out something new that's not better, right? Uh, despite the fact we have a whole history of, uh, of uh, you know, it, it, just modern history, I suppose, of products that, that weren't better than their predecessors, you know, new Coke is is obviously one of the most classic examples in in, in marketing if you look back at that and uh, and commerce the idea that it, it wasn't popular I mean there's all the talk that they brought it out on purpose to uh, rekindle interest in uh, Coke Classic which they brought back and there's been a lot of people I think a lot of brands that have bought into that idea and tried to bring it back and, or, or tried you know changing things so they can change it back and even if you look at basketball games we think the, the talk of taking features out to so they can then sell them as new features. I think a lot of people have, uh, have pointed that out and feel that's a thing that happens. But but I think it is definitely true, what you say, the popularity, but also the idea that new must be better. And I think that's an idea that we're really sold these days, especially with, I mean, how, how many times a week do you look at your phone and it's upgrading apps? The whole thing that you know, the, the new is always better, and yet there are some updates that, you know, the, the, one of the reasons there are constant updates is because sometimes updates cause new bugs. That's the thing. We've seen it with video games as well. We've seen, we've seen patches and hot fixes to fix fix the previous patches in NBA 2K and, and NBA Live at times as well. So this idea that newer is always better is definitely fallacious. Yet it is something that is very persistent.
1: Somehow, somehow newer is better. But we need eight patches in the first two months of the game's release <laughs> in order to yeah, get we'll, it.
0: Oh, we'll see. Every every new patch just makes the game better and better, right? So <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. um no, we've talked about in
1: the past, where, you know, patches also that, you know, hurt games and everything. And they're listening to the wrong people. And, like, they, ru- they ruined NBA Live 19 shooting for a lot of people um, through patches. And then they left it that way. So, like, if you go in and play NBA Live 19 right now, it's just not very fun to shoot. So, um, yeah, I-, I think that that's another big part of it. I just, I- I'm frustrated with the, how do I put it? We talked about this before the call. Why show those clips of skating, of two-man animation, of D'Angelo Russell slowly driving into the lane and then all of a sudden bursting for a dunk he would never do in real life? And it's the same dunk animation that we've had basically since 2K13. Um, Why show these? Why is
0: is 2K sending these out? Why is 2K putting these clips out that aren't lining up with with what they're talking about? Yeah.
1: I will do it for free. I will do it for free. If you decide to release NBA Live 22, I let me let me upload gameplay. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me you know, give me a, 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 a an early version. And there, there's, listen, how can a company be so big and have all of these people working for them and willing to show off their game, and then that's the gameplay that they show? I just don't understand it it's common sense that that like that lillard skiing video where he's skiing into the defender why show that
0: well they're getting well they know they can get away with it because people are responding to that video and saying, oh look at the look at the next gen graphics but they,
1: but they can do it so much better
0: yeah like, it, like we, can, we've it, seen
1: it yeah it, uh, Uh, It's just, just, I'm sorry. It's it's just, just, listen, I I don't believe in hiding issues and stuff like that. And maybe, maybe, hey, maybe it's great. Maybe they're being transparent. It's like, hey, guys, listen, this is what you're going to get. I know what we're saying in the dev blog, but hey, look, you know, we're going to have skating. We're going to have, you know, these canned animations. We're going to have D'Angelo Russell rocketing to the hoop off of no momentum you know for a jam etc um you know tim hardaway is going to float above the floor big deal you know what you've seen it before you've dealt with it for the last few years here it is again you know maybe though maybe that's what it is i have no idea it's just it's i don't know it it doesn't it does it just doesn't make sense to me that's all
0: it it is funny that that we are getting these clips that that just don't match up with what's being said it's one thing to put that in in the developer blog and and hope that we'll believe it but then to also put it out it's Uh, head scratching if nothing else Uh, before we get on back to the 2k21 uh, next gen blog number two uh, i did want to flash back to because i speaking of cynicism i I wrote an article when was it Uh, it was uh, august of 2018 actually it was when we were coming up to the the 2k19 blogs were coming out and i actually did a comparison and i was hoping that this article might get a bit more traction because it, it, it the 2k19 blogs revealed outright lies from the, the 2k18 blogs and I'll, uh, I'll i'll show you the i'll, I'll read them out and, and to demonstrate so at the gameplay blog for 2k18 of course as we remember this was from 2017 uh, uh i believe it was mike wrote uh, the interactions and logic for ball handler on ball defender collisions were reworked and it feels much better in 2k18 if the ball handler can get a step on his man or if it or is a westbrook or lebron coming downhill are prepared to see a blow-by for a clear drive to the hoop. It feels really good now to get your defender leaning one way, attacking his drag foot, and seeing your ball handler quickly swim by the defender, without getting snatched into a heavy bump animation. Sure, the quiet Leonards of the league can still clamp down slower ball handlers, but for the most part, you'll see a lot of hip riding this year compared to the knockbacks and dribbler stuns from the past. If you find yourself matched up with an, ex- an extra pesky, hard-nosed defender, I recommend pulling off step-back moves from the r- from the rides. They're extremely deadly this year. The whole revamp of the one-on-one chess match really opens up the floor game, Um, and makes going to the basket with a playmaker much more realistic than before. So that was what was promised for 2K18. And I can hear you laughing about that because it is quite laughable. Um, Well, well, a lot of it's the same, right? It is but then you flash forward to comments that were made about 2k uh 2k19 or during the uh, preview of 2k19 and this is again this is mike this is baluba saying uh, it was embarrassing um he admits uh, there was a bug that we didn't find until very very late with the collision detection that's another thing that we're working on right now we're spending a lot of time trying to make sure you can't just go through plays and stopping them when you try to run into guys that completely contradicts what was said about the 2k18 in the 2k18 blog
1: um can i bring up a couple things really quick did um I don't know if you were done. I just want to bring this up. Number one, the number one found found it late. We found it really late. Like people weren't complaining about it and making videos. I saw them. I put them out there too, and I gave them feedback. Yeah, I showed Vito on Twitter and tagged all the developers, including Baluba, and showed the blow on every defender.
0: Oh, well, this is what they they found it just before they released Two K eighteen. So they found, they found it found it late in the development of two K eighteen. They said, "Which, which so again,
1: eighteen? Why didn't they?"
0: Uh, yeah, you know, patch it up. Well, here's f- the. <laughs> There's is another promise from the two K eighteen gameplay blog. Uh, you'll also notice that we significantly reduced the number of multi-actor layups in NBA 2K18, and that was intentional. It felt a bit in past games that you could really get good shot defense just by being there and getting pulled into a contact shot. This year, we wanted to make playing defense as a rim protector much more engaging, so the onus is now on the gamer to recognize guys attacking the rim and timing their shot box accordingly. Again, this is from the 2K18 blog. Now, you'll notice uh, something I want to highlight there is uh, significantly reduced the number of multi-actor layups in 2K18, and that was intentional, Okay. Uh, then comes the 2K19 blog. Interior defense was really rough last year. Well, it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a GameSpot uh, interview with Bloober. Uh, with in- interior defense was really rough last year. When we went to the new motion system, we ended up taking out a lot of the multi-actor animations that we had in the past, so it made it really tough to protect the rim. That's why there were so many missed layups. It was kind of a Band-Aid fix to all that because you could pretty much get to them at will. Uh, pretty much get them at will. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot better now, and so was the hit detection when you were actually covered and when you were not. So they, what they said was a, an intentional feature was, was a problem.
1: Just how many times have we looked at these over the years and we said that, hey, they admitted what we were talking about the whole time, right? Yeah. Like, how many times, like, we've talked about it with the foot planning, we've talked about it with the collisions, we've talked about it with the blow-bys, we've talked about it with the clipping, we've talked about it with the defense, which they say is improved every year, but it's still, you know, the same things, like I've talked about with my team, about just running up the sideline, um, and just going around the computer and scoring, and then, you know, the big man outrunning everybody and just throwing it to him in the middle of the floor, etc. And then, like, the double-team logic and all of that, it's like every single year it feels like the same thing it's all of these p- promises then in the next game it's oh no no no, we messed up mm-hmm. and now it's going to be better and then it's the next game gets released and it's oh no no, no we messed up but now we're going to be better the, the, game they, just,
0: the game they were touting oh, just huh. last year then it's thrown under the bus and admitted oh yeah that was there's was a lot of stuff there that was actually problematic but yet you go back and look at the blogs at the time and it's, it's all how wonderful it is. And, of course, you're not going to put out a blog that says, oh, by the way, the game's kind of mediocre. We we know that. That's not the point. The point is that they they admit the problem. It's not just about dressing up and pushing the positives. It's about flat out lying about things. And there's one more quote from this uh, that I pulled from that game, um, uh, from from that interview with baluba and to compare it to the 2K18 blogs. So, of 2K19, uh, Mike says uh we have to make this game about more about bringing back the skill gap they've been talking about the skill gap for years derek uh and making it about the users the skill and the sticks to the successful uh, to be successful rather Uh, it's all about matching your stick to where the guy is trying to get to that's where you'll get the set-offs the brick walls you get blow-bys of the guy's stickers in the wrong way so then we flash back to 2k18 the previous year last year i mentioned how much we focused on the skill of the game of being king and deciding who wins and who loses with NBA 2K18, that focus remained but definitely evolved from last year. I think the main course of evolution was to find what finding what skill meant. Last year, 2K17 put a very large focus on stick skills, and while that focus was good, it also took away from some of the aspects that traditionally make 2K gameplay so great. With shooting, for example, last year we introduced shot aiming, that's very familiar, isn't it, and put a heavy emphasis on shot timing... Uh, deciding makes and misses the unfortunate side effects to some of these changes were that it became very difficult for us to balance the stick skill gap between new users and pro gamers as well as across various archetypes so in many ways it ended up devaluing player attributes defensive impact and all the other factors that go into shot success so we took a step back and looked at the pros and cons of nba 2k17 shooting system compared to how we've done things in past games and married the best ideas together to create a new system for 2k18 this year i think we've struck a great balance between the importance of stick skills and basketball iq didn't they say the same thing about 2K21 with its new shot, uh, shot aiming? Like it's Again, it's the same things we're hearing year after year.
1: And that's the other thing, too. And, and it defies what you see and feel, too. Because in 2 k 17 shooting is leaps and bounds better than 2K18. 2K18 and 2K21. Shoot, and 2K21. The shooting feels rushed in 2K18 through 2K21. Um, there's no consistency with the release point. Um, the animations, like I just said, are sped up. Um, there's not as much there's not as good flow Um, not only that the planting to shoot itself is a big deal right yeah you know the way you know being able to stop at the three-point line or you know catch the ball and just go up um, in the corner without your feet sliding into the three-point line or out of bounds or anything like that so no um, again not only do we hear this every year but they directly go against what we're you know feeling on the sticks and what we're seeing with our own eyes and like like we just said you know to circle back it works and the biggest reason and the biggest reason it works is because nobody is competing with them if you have no competition whatsoever in the basketball gaming space people are going to buy your game that's it they're going to buy it. It's going to be advertised everywhere. It's going to be the biggest game talked about on Operation Sports in the basketball gaming space. It's going to be what reviewers are talking about. It's going to be what influencers are, are uploading. Those videos that influencers are uploading, as you know, sometimes get millions of views. Um, it's going to be everywhere, no matter what. That's why we, mi- we need competition.
0: It That's is. why
1: it, it's a big deal, even with one, comp- one competitor in the space. It can um, it can make a difference. A true competitor. So.
0: And, and we should point out that if, if if NBA Live if EA got an exclusive contract, much as they do with the NFL for Madden, and NBA Live was the only game in town, we would have a lot to say about that and how its mechanics are problematic and how the, it's the lack of depth. And I mean, we say it now anyway, but it would be an even bigger problem if that was the only choice of NBA licensed game. So this is this is why a monopoly isn't good and 2k doesn't have a monopoly in so much as having an exclusive contract but it's also a, it's a virtual monopoly in the fact that they've got such a big uh, part of the a, a big a slice of the pie a big market share um and and also being the only game in town more often than not over the past decade so this is the problems that we've talked about many times before but i i did want to bring up those 2k uh, 18 and 19 uh, comparisons of the blogs because again it, it it just underscores why we say we've heard it all before why we say we've heard outright lies before in the developer blogs and you can see how through the years the languages remain the same the promises have remained the same and and yeah we, we've we've heard these promises before and and how it hasn't panned out and how the, the previous game gets thrown under the bus and things that were presented as a big deal and, and improvements that have actually come out and said oh no that was actually a band-aid fix or that did that was didn't actually work the way we wanted it to and, and again i they're not going to come out and say it's not working the developer blog is going to promote the game that is what they want to do but it is such a stark difference from year to year of, and, and the things are admitted to be so problematic and it, it's very hard to trust these blogs and we're seeing the same because we are seeing the same language even as it is 2k21 blog this is why we are so skeptical this is why we want to bring up those previous blogs because i think people forget because a whole year goes by between these blogs derek and people do forget that this this is familiar that this is something that we have heard before that down to even the wording to almost identical copy and paste sentences almost
1: within the first two weeks of nba 2k 18's release i had a thread up on nlsc showing all the footage uh blow-bys i scored like 70 points and a half with white side on blow from the perimeter that's not a joke people That that's something that yeah I you really can watch it yeah on the hardest level yep just isoing on the perimeter with Whiteside white side and just driving in and scoring um i was doing it with kemba walker over and over and over and over and over again and help wasn't coming and this is on the hardest level and all of this stuff and i showed this and this was at the beginning and then you saw it play out in the 2k league where somebody scored like 80 points in the 2K League, and it was all on blow-bys, basically. Like, if you go back and watch those highlights, he's just running by, uh, getting the defender on his side and just scoring over and over again. These problems were apparent from the start. Nothing was said about it through the entire cycle. Remember? Not no, not patch note, Nothing. Nobody said anything from 2K. Nobody acknowledged it. Nothing. All of a sudden, Smooth comes out with a um, NBA 2K19 gameplay video he had early access to the game. And I'm watching this video, and this is, uh, I think it was like a month before 2K19 was released or something like that, or a few weeks. And he says in this video, he goes, NBA 2K18, I'm going to be honest with you, the blow-bys killed the game. It killed the gameplay. So it takes all the way from release date to the preview season of the next game for somebody to acknowledge it. Somebody with a lot of influence and and everything to acknowledge the glaring gameplay game breaking issue in a lot of ways with two K 18. And that's unacceptable. It is all of my complaints about that skating in two K 18 were fell on deaf ears. Nobody said anything about it. Nobody acknowledged it. Nothing from the devs, nothing. And then all of a sudden, like you said, they're trying to promote the new game and boom, there it is. There it's. Oh, and, and like I, you said, you Mike Wang said it in the dev blog talking about how the blowbys hurt the gameplay and hurt the skill gap and all of that stuff. It's just it it is so disrespectful. Is uh, that the right word? I, th- I think so. You know, uh, it's, 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 it is
0: almost so. disdainful perhaps towards the consumer yeah. at times and it, i think people do want to it comes back to people wanting to believe that, that it's improved they they want to justify that investment in the game nobody wants to admit to being uh, hoodwinked by a developer blog or, or previews or a, re- a reviewer or influencer um it, it happens you know we, we put our trust in these games because we are passionate about these games that come out every year so sometimes we get burned and people don't want to admit they've been burned and so they oh no this there's no skating even in the face of again obvious video evidence not just anecdotal evidence of somebody ranting in a forum or on twitter or on reddit or wherever In a forum it is it is actual video evidence of you can see this happening and and we and we certainly saw that and um and yeah no i, I totally agree but uh the last few points of the uh, 2k21 next gen uh, gameplay blog number two on gameplay um we already talked about interactions uh the impact engine is a new in air contact shot system goal is to resolve collisions as players make contact in midair rather than being locked into animations and defenders on the ground uh, being automatically moved into place to force outcomes block targeting has been improved with players hands tracking the ball they also talked about less clipping uh we did see clipping in the gameplay trailer um yeah it's one of those things that again sounds very good and um uh, but i no, I do think this does need to be resolved obviously the the air collisions of uh, the dunked on animations slashes online just a very overpowered just being able to trigger that dunked on animation even against uh, top shot blockers so again it's one of those things that does need to be fixed but uh, remains to be seen ex- exactly how this impact engine uh, will impact the game
1: i mean you have d'angelo russell going from almost a standstill into an explosive dunk mm. a can dunk where the defenders useless in the game- ps5 gameplay videos so just want to point that out um Yeah, I mean, you know, the clipping is still there. I already showed um, screenshots of, uh, I think it was Draymond Green going through another player, like his his, his limbs going through another player. Um, DiBee's just posted on Twitter showing Stephen Adams' hands going through each other as he's trying to set a screen. Um, Like, they're just like, his hands are together, but they're like one, they're just going through each other. Um, Yeah, I mean, the clipping is still there. We've heard for years that the clipping was going to be better, and then we just see it you know over and over and over again
0: well you know it's also the things that they don't talk about in the blogs and there's actually uh, a clip of contact in the paint that uh, was was put out there by uh, in, in the blogs it's um oh, who is it oh it, it's donovan mitchell uh getting swatted in the in the paint and uh and, and will os wtf underscore os on, uh, on Twitter had a, a pretty good comment about this. He says, 100 bucks says Mitchell recovered this and the Bucks players are out of position to stop the easy bucket. And that's something that happens a lot in recent years that the that the player will miss a shot or get blocked or whatever and be able to get their their own offensive rebound and go straight back up again, which does happen from time to time. Of course, Moses Malone was was very infamous to the point where people uh, accused him of, uh, of missing on purpose to uh, have had his offensive rebound numbers. But that is a big problem, that players will come in under control, there'll be a big uh, big amount of contact, and then they'll just recover the the miss and go straight back up and, and score on the on the second uh, attempt, the, sec- you know, the second chance bucket. Th- these are the kinds of things that I think need to be really addressed in these blogs. And I actually sh- I sent you a 2K10 developer blog because I... Came across it while I was researching a Wayback Wednesday feature on uh, on the press book that I posted this week. And it, it just felt they went into so much more detail about the, those things. And these are the kinds of things I think they need to address as much as using these buzzwords and everything. I mean, we need to hear about these scenarios that have been, ad- whether they've been addressed or not. And the fact that they haven't been addressed is worrisome.
1: The MDA2K10 blog was uh, refreshing just for the fact that it felt like it was somebody actually talking to. Yeah. Right, like the the language was... Um, it wasn't like this scripted type of...
0: Marketing, speak.
1: Marketing, self-promotion, stuff like that. It was more of a, hey, we're talking to you. You know, hey guys, this is what we're trying to shoot for in the game. This is the reason why we did things, etc. Um, and it sounded real. And it, when you read it, it, it was like... Um, it just had a lot more detail, like you said. Yeah, it, I, I think part of the problem, too, is is that it's... It, and I'll say this again. it is it is literally preying on consumers. Am I wrong for saying that? I mean, it is what it is is it's advert it's talking it up. It's advertising it for what it's not in order for people to buy the game. That's it's, pretty black and white. Yeah,
0: right? I, I think it's it's fair to say. at, at this point, uh, much like saying that the approach to micro microtrans- microtransactions is is greedy and lacking goodwill. It, it is stating a fact, I think, at this point to say that it is really preying on consumers preying on uh naivete to a certain extent
1: yeah that works and you know i wanted to address what you said about the donovan mitchell thing um one thing that happens is when they release gameplay videos like that those of us who have been you know truly paying attention and get frustrated by those things and know how to um you know vocalize our frustrations and be vocal about it like will os um who's been playing for a really long time um you know, we can see the issues. We can—it's—it's it's foreshadowing, right? That's mm-hmm. what I would call it. You know, yeah. foreshadowing. We can foreshadow what is what our gameplay experience could be like based on the gameplay, the short gameplay clips that they've been showing. Um, I can. This is this is a, a fact. In the game, and this is the way I feel. In the gameplay videos that I've seen, here is what I'm what I'm expecting: a very close gameplay experience to what we already have in 2k21 pc ps4 xbox one i can see that blow look like they're going to be an issue the hip the, the hip attachment um i can see that skating is going to be an issue with the lillard skiing hardaway floating above the court um, not being able to come to a full stop without sliding into it um i can see uh, that can dunks some of the old ones are still in the game as far as the t- defenders just going to be strapped like the D'Angelo Russell example. I can see like in that Mitchell clip where defenders are going to be um, dragged into the offensive player and out of position where the ball is just going to fall to the floor and the offense can just get it back in that situation, et cetera. I, like I can see these things in the yep. gameplay video. So foresh- foreshadowing, I'm not optimistic.
0: Not now, yeah, absolutely. Um, contact alley oops and put back dunks, but put back dunk ons rather are included for the first time. Um, when it, when, it's, when he talks about uh, put back dunk ons, I immediately, my immediately uh, immediate thought Derek was uh, the Allen Iverson put back in his uh, second season.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So it's huge. People uh, don't realize Irishman was still getting up when he was with in Denver too. He had a few du- nice dunks uh, when he was with the Nuggets. Yeah. But
0: uh, I mean that that is that is important if they've been able to add that with the some contact alley and put back dunk ons. Uh, that's that's nice. That's that's probably the thing that I've seen in the in the blog that I'm perhaps most uh, optimistic about of, of looking cool. Uh, and and that is important. We talked about that in previous shows. The uh, the idea of. Uh, one of the, th- the fun things about video games, basketball video games, is having that moment of an animation that looks really cool and having that moment of, 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 that represents real basketball of a highlight and thinking, oh, you know, that fires you up. So, look, if that if that's uh, the case, then I, I think we'll see some cool highlights at least from those things. It doesn't erase the... Is that the, the new, other things, though?
1: But, oh, I can't... That- yeah. I, because a of- 2K19, and my 2K19 dunk reel, um and then playing 2k19 i feel like there were some in that in in uh in 2k19 kind,
0: kind of with with some of the alley-oops they kind of if they, if there's too much contact they just fail they just blow the alley-oop every time and some of the putbacks there's not as much contact so it might be a bit more of that again that impact engine the mid-air collisions it might look a little bit better it, 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 might, it might be true contact alley-oops and putback dunk-ons put it that way perhaps
1: yeah maybe that's it i just i feel like i've seen it before uh mm we'll see how it plays out yeah i guess that's uh, it
0: <laughs> uh, blocking and charging fouls have been reworked for more accuracy based on being set and getting to the spot in time uh there are also crash layup animations crashing um, in quotations layup animations for contact that warrants no uh, no call so if you just barrel into the defense out of control and you, there's no charge or block call but you just put up a, a wild shot there's apparently going to be some more animations for that i do like the sound of that uh we'll see how the blocking and charging fouls are being reworked one of the clips does show a very, what looks like a bit of a canned situation there again which is a concern and certainly some sliding in that again but but that is that is one problem especially with online play that players are able to get very cheap charging calls by just scooting in at the last moment and and hitting uh take charge and, and getting um and getting the charge calls and getting charge calls in the in the backcourt as well. So if if they've fixed that up a little bit, that'd be nice. But I do have my doubts because we've again it's one of these things we've heard before. Um, but then then again, you look at some of the block and charge calls in the NBA, Derek, and sometimes inc- sometimes inconsistency is actually realistic. Sadly,
1: yeah, the inconsistency is known all too well in the NBA, and, yeah. and it also a lot depends on the player too.
0: Oh yeah, who yeah. you
1: know who can get away with taking that charge or get away with, you know, stiff arming on the, on the, on the opposite side, you know, force charges, as you know, was, um, like frustrating charge causes, uh, a staple of your online experience in 2k17. Um, even though you love that game, um, uh, that was one of your problems with the game is the, you know, the charges that the game would force you into, but it was almost different in that game um it wasn't because a player was setting his feet it's just because you accelerated and he was somewhat in front of you mm. right and then they would call you for a charge um and it would be frustrating but i felt like i can contr- i feel like i can control it in 2k17
0: o- offline is oh, better on o- o- online you'd have yeah. people drawing charges and flopping all the time because they could take advantage of it so it w- it was worse in online than offline in uh, in 2k17 but that being said it, there was a lot of other great things about 2k17 that it was just one of those things that was annoying but it didn't completely ruin the experience. It was annoying, but it didn't completely ruin it.
1: Yeah, I also want to bring, I, I want to circle back. I know this is random, but you touched a little bit earlier. You said if EA Sports had been the number one and they were the only player in the space that, and they were making these mistakes, we'd be talking about them the same way. Yep. People need to realize it, that if you want to see how Andrew and I feel as far as being fair with critiques and whatnot, go back and look at what we talked about in, two, in live 18 and live 19. In those threads, and we were, you know, critiquing the game. Um, we talked about patching the the patching that hurt NBA Live nineteen. We talked about the issues as far as you know, in Live nineteen, the players didn't have enough acceleration; they didn't feel enough like athletes. You know, we were talking, uh, we were critiquing EA Sports NBA Live for its faults as well. So this isn't just a 2K thing.
0: Not I just need to make that yeah.
1: it clear. It's just because nba 2k is the only game released in the space now right so that's what we're going to talk about it's under the microscope we're going to
0: talk
1: about- yeah Cons, right exactly we're going to talk about that we're not talking about nba live as much right now because they haven't released a game since nba live 19
0: and we, so. we have talked at length about their their shortcomings in that regard as well
1: oh yeah we've talked about the um ea sports terrible marketing with the with the franchise with NBA Live, um, their silence. We talked. We had a whole episode on the silence is deafening, talking about them. Um, we talked about the lack of um, attention to NBA Jam, the series, and promoting that. Um, not putting enough content out there for the rich history of NBA Live. We've talked about their faults in gameplay and the really poor release of NBA Live 14 overall as a product um you know the issues with them canceling all the time the inconsistency like we've talked about this stuff but of course right now nba 2k is going to dominate the conversation
0: to 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 sum it up we're grumpy old men about everything these days so don't don't call us yeah don't, don't call us haters we're just grumpy old men but no absolutely right we we do you 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 we call it out when it's when it needs to be and we also offer praise when it needs to be that's how it should be um final points of the next gen gameplay blog uh playstation 5's adaptive triggers will convey fatigue as players energy drains there'll be more resistance on the sprint trigger because they've got the adaptive triggers uh strong post players will also feel less resistance on l2 when backing down opponents while weaker post players will uh, force gamers to really pull l2 down with more force in order to uh to simulate the struggle interesting idea and i I see what mike is is talking about with with as far as giving feedback of forcing the issue and everything um interesting idea i don't think it's necessarily the kind of thing that's that's really going to make that much of a difference to the game or or at least it's not i think an area of concern Uh, again it's those little things those little scenarios we talked about like the the cpu being able to barrel in and put up a, a wild shot and then get its own offensive rebound when it's out of position there's a lot more scenarios that i think need to be worked on um, i mean i mean it's it's making use of new technology and it's always going to be that with next gen it's kind of like the um the swipe pad what what are they called on the, on the ps4 dual shock 4 you know that the pad in the middle you know being yeah, like... I,
1: don't, I don't even know what they call it no yeah. i use i mean yeah i don't i don't i know exactly what you're talking but, about. but some games
0: yeah, different movements of swiping it would do different things the touchpad i guess it is it's the touchpad it's one of those things that it's new tech so you've got to find a use for it but interesting idea but i'm not that excited by it
1: no i mean and you know you talked about um because the part of this feature is like additional feedback right yeah see i think one of the things is that really bothers me and josh and dave were talking about this a little bit as far as you know like the pickup and play feel right like you pick up the game you play it, you know what to expect out of the game, and it's just this loose, fun, free um, experience experience where it appeals to the casual gamer, but it also has a skill gap, and games have achieved that in the past. All of a sudden, supposedly, you need a feedback for everything. You know, one of the dumbest things, I'm just going to say this, I I think it was dumb, and you can tell me how you feel, is the badge that they um, introduced in, I want to say it was 2K20, where it shows the shooting percentages on the floor
0: yeah a, a lot of people you, are not happy about that because you can't turn it off you can't disable it
1: absolutely ridiculous why does that need to be in the game why does that need like all of this ridiculous non-nonsense feedback that doesn't do anything really for your gameplay experience um also i, I have to laugh if, if they want to call that sim let's let's go let's take a dive into the tendencies and uh attributes of those players that have the the percentages under them and just see in their signatures and just see how it doesn't line up to realism Just, just want to point that out um but at the same time and i'm talking about obviously if you're using nba teams and whatnot or classic teams but again what happened to that loose fun gameplay experience why do we need all this feedback why do we need percentages under the players why do we need um stuff when we're posting up and all of this stuff stop
0: yeah stop it it's overkill If
1: you you want to add it sorry if you want to add that and you want to put that in give us an option to turn it
0: off Mm, without having to remove badges which is not possible in every mode anyway if you can't edit the rosters (laughs) you can't use custom rosters in a mode yeah and and quite a few people have brought that up in the forum you know how do i turn it off and the simple answer is you can't
1: just it drives me nuts am i like listeners think about this the best experience that you've had with games, the most memories that you've created, the best games you've ever had. How many times have these extra feedback mechanics and all of this stuff, these extras? How much have those? How much are those a part of your memories? Hmm. How much? Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. There's so many more things that we can do with these games to enhance the experience than adding numbers under a player or additional feedback. And, it just, it and just and on it that note.
0: The, uh, the haptic feedback of the uh, ps5's controller uh different levels of contact will vibrate the ps5 controller at varying uh, intensities so it'll give a difference between grazing bumps and hard hits will have a different uh rumble feedback with the controller which again is supposed to represent uh, being on the court and and also represent whether you're uh whether you're forcing the issue as far as, as trying to do st- too much or being too aggressive or whatever uh, but again it is it's not one of those things that i think we really need but at the same time you've got a new console you've got this new tech a new kind of controller um so you, you're looking for a gimmick to do and, and they kind of mike almost admits as such in the blog that it's trying to find things to do with the new tech uh, these new controllers so it's one of those things where it's like um some of the things they did with the wii u as far as having the, the second screen um uh, for, for substitutions and fatigue and everything and, and that was also a tie-in with gate raid of course because that's the whole thing with with the substitutions and timeouts is the gate raid uh quite infamously in uh in my career of course you can't skip before it gets to the five seconds uh, before five seconds have elapsed in a timeout because it's basically a forced uh gate raid commercial in the in my career in the timeouts um so it's one of those things yeah that's it's very gimmicky
1: i know local play is dead but You know, you know, would be a lot more useful than some of the stuff that they're talking about is something that attaches to your controller and allows you to call plays without your, you know, the person you're playing against seeing it. Mm. They had that on the cast, I believe.
0: Oh well, of course. Um, At the moment, they've got too many problems with people attaching things to controllers (laughs) with uh, for shooting and everything. So.
1: Right. Well, the, yeah, the the point that the point is, is that, um, you know, one of the problems when my brother and I are playing against each other is the fact that he can see the plays I'm running.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: If I yeah. run floppy, he can see it and he can watch the defender go on the baseline. Um, he can also see how tired my players are. He can see all of that. Um, so. I, I think that that would be cool. No, I'm not saying that they're going to do that. I'm not saying that's even a necessity. But I'll tell you what, that would be a lot more useful for me. And I, that sounds selfish. I don't know how many people would do that because, quote, unquote, local play is dead. Local multiplayer. But um, that would be a lot more useful in my neck of the woods. Um, boys, that, that ages me. Yeah, in my neck of the woods. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, anyway, I, I always thought that was a cool feature with Dreamcast. I think it had it with, like, um, the NFL 2K or, like, some of the football games or whatnot.
0: So. Well, on that subject, one of the things I touched upon when I looked back at the press book in my way back Wednesday this week, the press book in NBA 2K – Uh, one of the things i said it's not just about what it was which was a a handy little feature at the time but also what it represented was adding this extra depth that maybe a lot of people were never going to use didn't want but it was there for people who who did so adding a functionality like that maybe couch co-op or couch um, you know uh, competitive play is not as popular as it once was but still being able to cater to that with just a little feature here and there uh, it is very important, but it feels like now that kind of stuff doesn't get added. If it doesn't benefit 2k, if it's not something they can still sell the game or indeed make recurrent revenue, uh, it's not something that they're going to put effort into. And I think that's one of the big differences between gaming now and gaming 10 years ago is that they would go out of their way to put these little things in the game these little things that would maybe enhance the experience, whether everybody uses them or not. It's not even about that. It's just being able to do as much cool stuff as you can with the games. And that is something that with the design philosophy of games over the past 10 years has really changed.
1: How about some like 3D virtual glasses that when you put them on, you can see the play art? Hmm. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that. I was just thinking that would be kind of cool. That's, right? yeah, that's an interesting so, idea, Yeah, so, yeah person you're playing against they they can't see it but when you have those glasses on you can pull up uh this uh this play calling system and you can run plays and he can't see it yeah anyway that's just the thought but no yeah i i think that uh yeah there's just there's a lot we can do with games still we talked about this on another episode there's so many different things that we can still do with video games and that's promising that's cool it and is and i hope ea yeah adopt some of that stuff when they come with the NBA Live obviously not the 3D play art classes
0: but um, oh well sho- shoelace yeah, physics I, as always is what we're hoping to see and I, I see no mention of that so far you know
1: no shoelace physics the hair still doesn't move mm. hey we had hair movement in 2K6
0: yeah yeah
1: with Steve Nash uh, 2K6 or 2K7 like dribbling up the court and his hair is flopping around and stuff but somehow we can't do that today but hey what are you going to do
0: so that is pretty much it for the second gameplay blog there'll be a third gameplay blog next week in the uh, courtside report number three as they're calling it and mike will be talking about player builds badges takeover and improvements to ai so obviously there are things we want to hear there about ai and uh, builds and badges and whatnot uh, but if there is one thing to take away there as we uh, look ahead or look forward to next week's uh, developer blog Derek, uh, takeover isn't going away and that's also a bit of a concern
1: yeah, it, it's an arcade element that shouldn't be in a game in a simulation basketball game. But uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the player still moves unrealistically. Um, he's he's flying around the court. Um, it, it's it is a very um, arcade element, and we've talked about this—the way they conduct my team now and whatnot. Um, it's it's also also i want to point out that it's an, a huge eyesore having a player with a giant red circle underneath of them uh, underneath them that's on fire while they're playing yeah right and like, like yeah. That. it's just it's it's it, it's it, it's not fit for a simulation basketball game
0: it's it's something i, I wouldn't have expected them to have many years ago and, it's, and again um an example of the changing times and the changing never graphics and whatnot but we will learn more about takeover and those other elements of the game uh, next week's blog and we'll we'll cover those in uh, next week's show but yes that is pretty much it for the courtside report number two and again uh, let us know what you think about what your uh, uh, your takeaways from the from the blog and and uh, again our opinions on it as well let us know in the comments let us know in the forum join in the discussion but before we wrap up the entire show this week we did want to talk about a bit of uh, modding that we've been doing and also the idea of modding older games going back to old favorites and and you've been talking about, a little bit about this uh, to me and on twitter and uh, in your release thread as well cuz you're working on the NBA 2K17 retro projects the uh, the classic team rosters uh, it's when you're not feeling the the latest game as as you and I aren't really with 2K21 we did, we did went into great detail about that 2K21 current gen and our current thoughts on that uh, in last week's show episode 344 uh, and it's it's encouraged you to get more into the 2k17 modding again and pick that up although there is a lot of interest in your 2k17 roster which is awesome to see and uh, you've been doing some great work with the portraits and whatnot but when you aren't feeling the latest game and, and there is a game that's recent or even old that you're really are into and have a great affinity for there's there's much more incentive to patch to mod that game why wow, that's i'm really showing my age there because we used to call it patching in the, in the nba live days but there's there's much more incentive to mod the game when you're into it
1: yeah i think patching is better a better term used for a game that almost has limited modding potential mm. would you agree i think pat i think patching is more of like hey we're patching up what's in the game and when i think of modding i think of almost changing the experience
0: entirely yeah i mean we, um, we used to do that with it, nba live as well it's just patching just was was the was the word that that uh, it's kind of like how when I post uh, the additions to our download section, I call them file additions because that's what the guys used to call them back in the day with the with the downloads database. So one of, this one one it's one of those terms that have just caught on. But yeah, that that does make sense as well if, if you want to look at it that way.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's also like like we talked about buzzwords and stuff, and but modding is the buzzword now.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely,
1: used uh, everything. So I I think the thing is, is, and that's the the beauty of modding and and the fact that and and playing on PC is, and just like what you're doing with NBA 2K11, you're freshening it up. You can always go back and um, enjoy some of these games and get a different gameplay experience for some of these games that you have, you know, that were created in the past, and you can get new experiences with those games, like um I believe there's somebody modding two k ten right now, I think you were touching on it a little bit um two k eleven there's still people modding the old n b a live games et cetera um s brat and and whatnot, and Murat et cetera and for me, when I started seeing these gameplay videos of nBA two k one for p s five um you hear you heard about how I feel about it so far on this podcast um it made me not look forward to the game as much. And I have a feeling that my brothers and I are going to end up sticking with some of the old titles like 2K17, 2K16, 2K14, et cetera. So I was like, you know what? Why am I going to wait for 2K21 to come out and hope that it's great, that we're going to switch to that um, You know, for PS5? Why wouldn't I go back to a game that I really love? And a project that I'm working on, and freshen it up even more, and at the same time give the community something that they can also, you know, create memories with. So I think that what the be- one of the best things about modding is being able to go back to these old titles and freshen them up. But then also, um, those are titles that you loved or had more enjoyment out of. So I, I say, you know, play what you enjoy, and we yeah. can do that.
0: And I think, and and of course, mod what you enjoy as well. And I, and it's much easier to mod a game that you feel good about, that you would actually want to play with your own mod with the game as well. Um, I, I as much as I don't like Live Eight PC, i made a lot of roster updates for that game, and always wished I was working on something else. Of course, I found a way to update the rosters simultaneously for 2005 through to 08 uh, fairly um fairly quickly with the conversions once i've got that all, all done but yeah it, it really is uh it, it pays to have those those fallback options as well and and there's no point uh putting yourself through the misery of playing something and modding something that you're not enjoying so it, it is good to have those fallback options, as I said, uh, that if you're not enjoying it. So so why keep... I'm, I'm obviously, for the sake of covering the news, we are talking about 2K21 and with a certain amount of sep- skepticism and cynicism. But at the same time, we do have options. You know, if I want to go back to 2K20 and, and play that a little bit, because I did have fun with that, I can. Or 19, 17. Notice I didn't say 18, because <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, so, yeah it's and, and I've, I've felt that over the years as well i, I think back in the day with nba live as, as the pc versions were coming to their end and wrapping up with 07 and 08 being very buggy uh, kind of sloppy uh, ports back in back in the day um we used to stick with games like 2005 and 06 uh, games that were a few years old or even 2004 at the time and there are still people making some great updates for 2004 actually which is really cool to see because that is a classic Um uh, but we we saw that a bit more with nba live with nba 2k modding people have been moving on every year a bit more frequently than they were with nba live but we are getting to the stage where the last few 2k games people aren't feeling as good about and 2k 21 in particular has been uh, mixed reception to say the least so we are seeing more interest in people saying okay let's dust off some of those old games that we really enjoyed or old games uh, certainly games that are maybe two three four years old now and and enjoying them but also okay let's update them with some modern uh, some current season rosters or special rosters classic team rosters just to to add those new experiences as you said so it does freshen up a classic or a, a beloved favorite as the case may be uh, so I'm all for it and, and of course some old games we've got the techniques down we've got the tools to to edit them uh, that so there's that familiarity and also being able to jump and jump right back in dive right back into modding those games With familiar tools and techniques and you know how it all works and we've we've worked out all of the different things that we can do where we're still doing that with 2k 21 to some extent and and developing the tools as a community Uh, so there is definitely value and a a great deal of appeal in updating old games or or older games even if it's just a few years old
1: yeah i think I, i think there's a couple things one i think the people that are more willing to go back and play some of the older titles are not only the ones that experienced them but they're a little bit older they're not as much of the main target demographic of what NBA 2K is going for. I don't think that you're seeing as many teens and super young adults True. going um, going back to the older games. They're moving on to the newer ones, and I think the biggest reason for that is there's pressure on them, right?
0: And online and play, they're
1: more- yeah, online play. The marketing and the online play, and their friends are playing it, and it's getting online and stuff. So um, I think that a little bit of the older crowd um, is... And when I say older, we're still young, um, but I'd say, you know, mid 20s to and mid 20s and up are more willing to go back and play some of those older titles, especially on PC. Um, I want to give a shout out to the people working on the 2K19 roster, um, the 91, 92, 92, 93 um 90, 91, 89, ninety, they're doing all these single seasons over there and they don't get as much credit as they deserve you know the you know the stildos the peaceman knots the micasetis um, calvin chan um, those people working on that on those single season rosters are doing such an amazing job and they've definitely added a lot of memories in my life like you saw the 2K19 dunk reel Yep. Um and gameplay videos from that mod that I've been uploading and stuff like that. So I really appreciate those people that keep those um, old, get older games alive and you know keep them fresh and whatnot. As far as what I'm doing with 2K17 is, I was like, you know what, my brother's super busy with work. Um, he usually does a lot of portraits. Um, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make a version three of my classic teams roster and add you know five to ten new teams and so. I've been going into Photoshop and making a bunch of clean portraits for the o two o three rockets o two o three magic thirteen fourteen clippers oh eight o nine magic and stuff like that and um like i said one thing that's and, and I also made an update to DeAndre Jordan to make him look like his thirteen fourteen self so I like shortened his hair and shortened his um his uh facial hair made his face a little bit skinnier, etc. but you know like you said there's still a lot of people that can that are playing that those games and i can't believe how many views my thread has and continues to get every day on 2k17 and i just want to let you know the people know that are enjoying that mod and are willing to go back and play it and all of that stuff and are viewing the thread every day i just want to say thank you if any of you listen to the podcast absolutely
0: and and, you know i am still working on the current rosters of course I've, i've found that my work on that is sometimes impeded by my enjoyment or, or lack thereof of the current nba that it's kind of hard to get enthused about it but i am working through it i want to do some more projects for the for 2k 11 once i get that done I, I will be looking towards doing a 2021 roster uh, with that with that with that coming out later in the year after i've finished the uh, the current season but I, i'd love to do some retro rosters i'd love to do some classic team rosters perhaps to start out with and i think it's you know as you've made these classic team rosters there's something very Uh, exciting about the planning stages as well and the picking of of of, uh, teams and i know you've agonized over the choice because obviously you've got the limited amount of slots as well but there's although there is the agony of choice there's also the uh, it's also fun to be able to look back at those teams and choose ones that would be that optimal um, experience to put into the game and it's, it's one of the things, obviously, that 2K has probably done with some of its retro teams over the years. Some of them, I think, are just in there because they've already had the plays licensed and it's just been easy to do. But with your rosters, you know, because you put it out there and you were saying you were looking at which teams you wanted to add and you you decided on them. And, and just to see which would be the most stimulating matchups for other teams that are already in the rosters and, and what would be an interesting team to put in the game and play with. And mm-hmm. I think the 2003 Rockets, because we, we look at a lot of the, the great champions and a lot of retro team rosters have been these great teams and champions, which is a great approach, of course, but I think there's there's a lot of uh, uh, merit, a lot of value in putting these underappreciated teams that just were, were fun, they were put together in a fun way, they had some fun players and, and they would really translate to being fun to play with in a video game. I've used fun way too many times in the one sentence. But looking at those those sometimes unorthodox options makes for a more enjoyable roster of classic teams' rosters because you've got these uh, choices of players that the teams didn't do that much in real life as far as uh, their success. They certainly didn't win championships or whatever, but there was just so much potential on them, just this... Uh, lineups that were very interesting. The 2002 Clippers would be another example, obviously, and it's it's just really cool to see some of the different choices you can make for the retro teams and the retro teams rosters. And it's something I'm keeping in mind as I uh, make preliminary plans for other such projects if I can <laughs> ever get these current rosters done.
1: Seeing a team come together and seeing the portraits and going through the roster and seeing the overalls, seeing the ratings, um, going on the court and seeing the, the the team's floor, seeing the stadium, um, seeing um them, you know, playing with their scoreboard and their team being the right color and they're they're in the right jerseys and everything. That has to be how a developer feels when they feel like they feel really good about something they put into a game.
0: I think so. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's gotta be the exact same thing because these teams are being created from scratch, right? A lot of the faces, the jerseys, all of this stuff, um, is being created. You know, with the teams that I'm putting in, is basically be, being created from scratch with some stock faces and some st- some stock jerseys and whatnot. But man, th- there is no like I went through after and I posted them on the forum. The O two or three rockets um, portraits that I made. I went through and must have looked at that team for like 20 minutes just looking at the portraits. I know that sounds silly and obsessive, but just seeing it come together and say, hey, this is what it would look like if they had included him in the game, but better. You know what I mean? Because there's no attention to deep. So, and like you said, there is something to be said about those teams. It's the same reason why I put in the 05, 06, 76ers who didn't make the playoffs. They're a big what if team. Um, And in today's NBA, I think that team wins 50 plus games because of the what the talent that they had but um I mean they're better than this Miami Heat team sorry that just made the finals um but you know they had Allen Iverson and Andre Iguodala and Kyle Korver and Chris weber and Samuel Dalembert and John Sammons and Lou Williams and all of these guys and Matt Barnes that team is a great what if team so I put him in the roster and people really liked him um the 0203 Rockets had Steve Francis um they had rookie Yao Ming you know Maurice Taylor Uh, Maurice taylor was really good by the way Um, a full season of eddie griffin catino mobley they had glenn rice james posey that team was incredibly talented um but they didn't make the playoffs they won 43 games but um they had those great pajama rockets jerseys yep they played in the center with that um with the same logo as like in 96 97 etc so there's there's nostalgia with that team and it's fun to put that team on the floor
0: so and and the oddities of seeing things like again the the two thousand and two uh, magic with Patrick Ewing on there as wrong as some of that looks or the ninety seven Spurs with uh, Dominic Wilkins or the ninety five Celtics with Dominic Wilkins oh, ninety nine magic with <laughs> Dominic Wilkins Dominic Wilkins did become quite nomadic later in his career with those one year deals but there those those strange um, strange things as well the what if teams. Uh, and even making complete what-if rosters—that's another idea I've had. Making what-if rosters based on trades that could have happened, you know, make, making those '92 uh, Lakers with Charles Barkley, for example, or uh, the '94 Knicks with Isaiah Thomas. There's all, uh, or the 2001 uh, Magic if they'd been able to get Tim Duncan as well. All these kinds of scenarios that you could make and then play in games. I think it's something that we used to do in games—make these what-if scenarios and all kinds of crazy fantasy situations. And why custom teams were so popular back in the day. I mean, now it's all about my team. Is is the new fantasy, uh, fantasy modes and custom teams, but th- being able to make those custom teams and and customize the rosters and just set up all these crazy situations, uh, just to have some fun with it, uh, is uh, is what some, what it was all about back in the day. I mean, yes, we we had the franchise modes and we wanted to play our realistic seasons and all that kind of stuff, but just being able to to mess around with games with. Uh, with this with mix mix and match the retro teams and have what if teams and all kinds of stuff Uh, there's so much you can do with roster mods that and and set up all kinds of new situations as you say create new memories and sometimes with old games as well and and to to be able to pick a base game for for these rosters for these experiences that is very solid and familiar that you enjoy and that you know that other people enjoy as well Uh, it's why there is value in going back and, and modding those games because it is picking that uh that great base game that people want to play are quite willing to pick up and play again uh but and certainly if you can add something fresh whether it's a current season roster or a retro season roster or, or a mixture of retro teams or what if or all kinds of crazy stuff or an, even if it's some kind of nba jam roster where you've souped up all the uh all the ratings so that it plays a bit more like nba jam or nba street and things like that or i know some of the things that Jasmine did with the uh the midnight ballers whereas making kinds of rec leagues and things like that and using the blacktop assets and everything there's there's so much you can do with roster mods we've talked about it before the joy of roster modding um and, and it's obviously there's value in modding the recent the most recent game if you want the most visibility and you get profiles and other sites and things like that when uh uh, as, as they profile modding from time to time on other, other publications. But if you want to put something out there that you can really enjoy modding and playing with your own mod and will also resonate with people who love a very uh, beloved game or a, a beloved classic, uh, it is worth going back to an old game and modding it. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to point out a few
1: things. First off, um, I decided on the O two O three Magic because, as you said, it's a what if, it's another one of those what if teams. Um, this is not the one with Ewing, but it's the one with Sean Kemp. Yep. And Grant Hill only played twenty games, and it's the Magic team that I believe was up three one on the Pistons in the That's playoffs. The one. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it has you know T Mac, Grant Hill, Daryl Armstrong, um, an overweight Sean Kemp, um, and. Pat Garrity, Stephen Hunter, and whatnot. And I think that'd be a really fun team that people can use. And, hey, why don't you throw them into my league? Because all my teams in the roster are my league compatible. Throw them into my league and fully – have it. Grant, help play 82 games, right?
0: Absolutely. Let's see how
1: you do Play against other great teams, et cetera. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, as far as the um, ideas of – you know, the one-off ideas. You know, for my all-time teams roster, I'm still thinking about this. I'm thinking about just throwing in, you know, a few all-decade teams, Hmm. but with the art that was either in the old 2Ks or the old lives. So the old live or 2K all-decade team court with the jerseys to match. And maybe I'll do one combo team, 50s, 60s, and I'll do 70s, 80s, 90s, and 10s. Excuse me, in 2000s. So it's those things that um, are so cool. And well, like you said, what we used to really look forward to. Um, And sometimes it was in the version of cheat codes, right? You know, back in the day, it was cheat codes that got us these little experiences and, and whatnot. Um, So, yeah. And and another thing I want to point out with 2k17 um, is with these mods, we don't have the same exact tools as far as adding as many teams and all of that stuff. The amount of, hoops that i've had to go through in cheat engine um and learning different things and whatnot to get 2k17 those rosters to where they are especially the classic teams one um there's a certain amount of feeling of achievement when i do it we don't have import player dna you know what i mean and you can't do that through we haven't figured that out through cheat engine so each player has to be gone into and touched up meticulously to make them accurate and whatnot you can't just do player dna so it's just it's a lot of work, but it's also really, really um, rewarding. And the other thing I want to point out to people that say, hey, you guys are haters, look how fondly we talk about 2K titles.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But think about it. Think about what you're modding right now, 2K11, a game you love, and 2K17, a game that I love. These are 2K titles, people. We're not hating on 2K. We've created countless memories with 2K. Um, it's just been the last few years, um, the stuff that they've been pulling mostly.
0: And, and 2K21 in particular has been... Are quite disappointing but to that point it is very immensely satisfying when you come when you solve a problem with modding and again probably similar to when they overcome an obstacle in developing a game as well to some extent the The similarities is there when, when i found out how to blank out uh career stats in in 2k 11 it's like well now i now i really feel very motivated to continue the mod because it was one of those things like oh how am i going to get past this how how do i get the, the, the how do i replace plays in a way that's not going to feel like, oh, there's still part of the old player there. Having found that out, I, and, and completely by accident, uh, actually, um, and it also works for 2K10, that method, and I've got the tutorial in the forum. Uh, but, but discovering that was, was very satisfying, and and you feel very accomplished, because you've been able to manipulate the game in the way that you want, and then you know you can get the results you want from the mod, and you know that it's that you feel good about putting it out there, because you know that people are going to appreciate the mod, and not going to say, oh i've noticed this problem here and you're like oh yeah i'd love to get around that but what are you going to do but when you when you know that there is something you can do again it's just a very good feeling and you, and you know you can put out something that you can be even more proud of knowing that you can address that little detail that was was bugging you and that was not going to there was even if it's just a small detail just not making the mod as quite as good as it could be from a certain little aspect little detail that you wanted to fix so when you can get that solution oh it's it's a great feeling
1: when we found out in Cheat Engine how to add size-ups to players, like in 2K17, in, in as in, let's say we really liked, you know, um, let's give an example, Baron Davis. Let's say, uh, no, not Baron Davis, because I'm talking about somebody in the default game. Let's say we really liked... Um, Kyrie Irving size-up, and we say, hey, you know what? That's a size-up that we want to give Baron Davis. We found out a way in Cheat Engine to assign Kyrie Irving's size-up to Baron Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, we don't have player DNA in um, in UK 17 That was super motivating for us. We also found out how to relocate teams through Cheat Engine. You know how you can do it in my league? like you can change their location. Yep. Well, we found out how to relocate teams in cheat engine. So if we're overriding, um, a, one of the, uh, the Euro teams and we want to make sure that that Euro team, um, represents San Francisco for the San Francisco warriors, we can, we know how to move them to San Francisco via cheat engine. It's stuff like that. Um, or, or even just changing the team's color scheme. So it shows up right on the scoreboard. Um, it's stuff like that, that, keeps you going and makes you super motivated when i found out how to get the euro teams to 13 players which is a wacky thing oh, oh i had to do it in a weird way through Lamnono's modifier um in order to make those teams my league compatible that sent this rush of adrenaline through me to make a ton more teams and yep. to do more um so I, yeah I, you it's
0: know these, these little- as a, modder, yeah. you, you, as a mod user as well, you know that when you see what someone has done, like the uh, the 92 roster that Stildo, et cetera, made, when you see that, oh, man, they, they even did this. They even got this in the mod. And and you know that when you can do that and you know that w- when you've been able to put that detail in the mod yourself, you know that other people are going to notice those, those finer details because people are going are to look for them and see, oh, well, you know, just how deep does this mod go, this 92 mod for NBA 2K19 or whatever, when you can put that level of detail in it's immensely satisfying for yourself but then you know that it's even more satisfying when you think people are going to look at this and and they're going to appreciate that work they're going to see they're going to scroll through the teams they're going to look at the portraits you've made they're going to look at the ratings they're also i mean it's going to come down to playing it as well and you go oh this plays really well this plays fantastic but just being able to those little details like oh they've even changed the the color on the scoreboard it's it's it sounds like such a small thing but in the grand you know in the grand scheme of things but when you're playing the mod and when you're looking through all the the things that have been done in a mod you're just like wow you know it's the detail the detail of this mod and it's a good feeling as a as a mod creator to know that people are going to appreciate that
1: yeah in nineteen, it was something as simple as going to the rockets for one of the single seasons seeing that they added goggles to a Olajuwon.
0: exactly that is a touch
1: that is an unbelievable touch. And for, you know, for my roster, I went in and I said, you know what? The default version of Sam Dallenbear doesn't have 3D hair. I'm going to add 3D hair to him because he had that little bit of a, you can call it like a small mini-fro. Mini-fro, yeah. I added. So he's accurate for the 05-06 season. Um, it's stuff like that. Um, and I think that 2K misses the mark with that, with their default releases. And that's where modders come in. It's like the whole drawn on beard for Winder Wiggins. It's the whole Jimmy Butler having the same hair for, you know, three or four years. Um, actually maybe more. And it's not updating the players appropriately when they have all of these resources to do so. So yeah, it's the little details. You know, I, I created an Orlando Woolridge for that 91, 92 season for the uh, for its still does roster. And I created him with goggles. Hmm so because he had goggles that season um and if you think about it if 2k had put orlando woolridge in the game and he was supposed to represent that season what do you think the chances of them having goggles on orlando woolridge would be yeah. probably very yeah. low
0: yeah so i yeah. mean you, you look at how they've re- recycled some of the faces through multiple years of uh, of the retro teams
1: oh my god yeah i mean and it took them years to do updates for certain players like bill Lambier and whatnot and razor did a great job with Lambier um updating him you know once he got brought on board but yeah it's 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 just they have the resources so it it can get a little frustrating but yeah modding is great for that reason and just like any artist it's you know when you because you are when you're modding a lot of it is art i
0: think you are an artist we've talked about it before Um, i think i think so
1: yeah and and it, not only that when you get compliments on your roster or your art and whatnot and hearing the, the positive comments on that thread about you know the portraits and you know so remember when i add change the edit player background to that gold um mm-hmm. uh, yep. put the in the background it's um you know when you get those compliments and whatnot it also drives you so that definitely helps as well
0: i remember when i made the remake of the hanger from nba live 10 for NBA Live 08. Uh, just the satisfaction of being able to put all the little details in there. And look, it's not a perfect recreation of the hangar. I don't know if you've seen the previews, if, if not, I'll have to send it through to you after we finish recording. Uh, but it's it was just so satisfying to get those little details in there and to be able to go back and fix them up with some version 2 and version 3 uh, change some of the color schemes around that and just have that approximation that people look at that and go oh yeah that's that's what you're going for with the hanger you know yeah I, I can see that as as much as you can do with uh with 2k with 2k with live 08s models and whatnot and, and what and how the the textures work what you can put in there but you can you can see what i can see what you were going for and i, I think that's really cool And I, and i was very satisfied with that because it's not really uh, core editing is not my thing you know graphics mods i can do them but i've always been more of a roster guy so to be able to uh, learn a new skill as well and you've been able to do that with some of the face conversions and everything uh, to learn a new skill and then apply that and for it all come out as, as good as it has been as great as some of those have been it's it yeah again just uh just so satisfying and you feel that sense of accomplishment because you've been able to create something really cool and other people can appreciate it as well and and, and you know we always talk about not modding for fame and kudos and all that kind of stuff and and clout and whatnot but it it, it does a kind word of uh, to modders is, is definitely you know a word of appreciation for the the hard work and when they do create when you create something cool especially a big project it uh, it goes a long way and you do feel very good when you've made something that not only you can enjoy but other people can enjoy as well and, and even going back to the older games where we we couldn't do as much with the art but you would still load up a, a custom roster and you'd see all the right you know the the retro players would have high socks and goggles and throws and things, and it would just you went you had as much detail as you possibly could with what the game would allow and what the tools would allow, and people appreciated that that you went to that effort, and that's why it's it's so important to go to that effort in roster mods because uh, it does get appreciated, it doesn't go to waste.
1: Imagine in we never we never could have dreamed in say 1995 that we could bring faces from a game three years later into a prior, into that game.
0: yeah. Like it blows yep.
1: my mind the ability to like, I can go into 2k 20 or 2k 21 and I in blender, I can use that mesh data transfer and I can bring a face 2k 20 from 2k 20 or 2k 21. I can bring it to life and bring it completely over to 2k 17. It just blows my mind what we're able to do today. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and there's some unbelievable cyber face makers out there in the community. One, um, who isn't as active anymore. He has his own platform or whatever, um, IESCO or whatever. And, um, you know, you have guys like Mr. Star and Shua Joda, and then some of Razor's faces before he got hired by 2K. Um, you those can be brought over to all of these different games. And it's just, it blows my mind. And it's great that those faces are out there and that those creators made them. So,
0: you know, you it- know, talk about updating old games uh <laughs> um advin x cola has has come up with some some has discovered some tools that uh that now you can actually uh yeah th- th- it has been able to do some more work with uh, editing model files uh, that model you know uh, face head shapes and everything for nba live 08 you know even years later uh, coming up with discoveries
1: yeah, that's the thing. I, I told you this, and I said this on a couple different podcasts over the year. We're almost at our one year. Um, the fact that I, I love going into those old NBA Live sections and seeing what they're doing. I remember going into like NBA Live 2003 or 2004 and seeing like all the new courts created for like the 1920 season, yep. like the Golden State Warriors and, and whatnot. And they, they were making all of the faces. Like The, the Jokic face is right on. Like it's really good, like the um, Nuggets Jokic face somebody made. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's wild that you know almost twenty years later, people are still going back and they enjoy those games enough to go in and still mod them. So those games still have lasting power; they're still fun to put on. So
0: there's and uh, somebody made a twenty twenty season rust for NBA Live ninety five PC, uh, which is something that I was I was thinking about doing myself, but it's it's a big job, obviously. Uh, especially with the way you got to handle the, um, the string editing for the players' names, but it's in our download section. I want to check it out. I'm going to do a way back Wednesday on it. Uh, it was just very cool to see an upload for Live 95 after all these years, and uh, yeah, just to put a 2020 season roster in like a 25th, you know, 25th anniversary update for NBA Live 95. Um, and even if even if it gets just a few downloads, uh, and which of course when you do, when you're up making upload updates for older games, you do have to realize that it's not going to be as popular. But you know even if it just gets a few downloads and a few kind words uh i think it's all worth it and, and if you've enjoyed the process of making the mods uh that, that is the most important thing and it's and it'll never be wasted time if you can be proud of what you've made and put it out there and you get a few downloads and a, a small if you can find an audience and you will find an audience because these classic games are beloved and people do like to see these old updates it's a novelty to to do it and it freshes up these old tiles and gives people a reason to to go back and revisit their favorites it's uh, it's absolutely worth doing so i um, i look forward to seeing uh, more of your work and i look forward to getting my own out there as well
1: yeah it's uh, and the other thing too is uh as far as thinking about other people's experiences when i when i'm make, making this mod i think about like and and you do the same thing with your modding is i think about the fun that my brothers have with it right hmm. like all the fun putting on the team, putting the players on the floor the games we have the competition all of that stuff and like you said even if it's let's say only 10 people downloaded your mod that's it like 10 people let's say 10 people went in and downloaded 2K17 i know that those 10 people are going to be able to create positive memories with the game using that mod and that's enough like it's other people having more fun and you know having a good time with with the game because of that work that you produced so that's like you said it doesn't matter it's not about attention um and it's not about the size of the crowd that downloads your mod um just the fact that somebody is downloading it
0: and not about cool. and not about money either we should throw that out there as well
1: right exactly yeah i don't charge for anything so
0: yeah, yeah. no exactly. absolutely right absolutely agree and uh yeah so as you can see we are enthusiastic about some things and positive too so we'll uh, we're not just grumpy old men we are grumpy old men but not just grumpy old men
1: No, no, it's too bad that you know i wasn't if i was on the podcast when 2k17 was a current product i made a thread about you know 2k17 appreciation it's Mm. still on there um you know you would have been hearing how much i was gushing about that game um about all of its positives and whatnot like i said and i'll say it again it's not all about being negative it's not 2k hate it's not being a hater it's not being a fanboy either of anything else it's the whole there are issues that need to be addressed in our opinion and that's why we're saying it so
0: as the uh as i've thrown out there before as a a mantra for the whole community basically uh fans not fanboys critics not haters
1: exactly and that's uh you've been saying that for years
0: yep and uh yeah we can we could certainly circle back to 2k17 at some point that would be interesting to revisit that and so i'd like to do that on some on future shows and let us know if you'd be interested in that as well uh listeners uh if we go back much as i do with Wayback wednesday and, and every so often just go back and, and revisit some of our classics and uh and profile them as and, and discuss them with you know not not just my voice in Wayback back wednesday not just my opinions but also a, a conversation i think that'd be quite fun to uh to dust off some older games and uh, and do some retrospectives on the podcast as well i'd
1: be open to that um i also think that um we need to at some point i've talked about this before get a steam play going where you use the 1011 bulls and i use one of the new teams i put in i think that'd be a cool video game a, a cool video to upload to Oh, absolutely we need,
0: po- we need to uh sort out the technical aspects of that and get it done because I, I think yeah I'd, I'd love to do it just from a, a gameplay a gamer standpoint but i think we can make some cool content on it as well i think it'd be uh, be cool to share
1: yeah, I think uh, the 2K21 video that we uploaded for gameplay was a little underwhelming because we didn't enjoy the game or the experience in that regard. Um, but, hey, we got a video out there. so
0: That's right. Yeah. So we will continue to put in our content, uh, positive, negative, critical, and uh, enjoyment, everything as well. And, of course, we will continue the NLSC podcast, uh, which comes out each and every week on the NLSC, which is nba com, of course. We're also on various podcatching apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Search for the NLC podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. Feel free to leave a review on platforms that allow a review, hopefully a positive one, helps with our egos, helps with visibility. Uh, But of course, as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. And before we wrap up the whole show this week, Derek, uh, where can we find you on socials and anything else you're doing right now? Of course, you are the the host of holding court with deeper three where we talk about the, well, I say we sometimes I'm on there, you've also had some other great guests, including of course our friend, uh, swaggy P Lino talking about the real NBA, but, uh, yeah, hit us up with those various plugs.
1: Absolutely. So holding court with D for three, episode eight will be released either Friday or Saturday. Um, it's going to be part two of has the NBA and the, the sport of basketball in general declined, um, and regressed. Um, so that's part two of that. And, so what else do we have working on? We're working on virtual Hoop Dreams episode three. That will be either released today or tomorrow. Um, we will be touching a little bit on the dev blog there as well, but um, we'll also be talking about why NBA Live can be uh, competitive when they return, and we also have a mailbag segment for that. And you can find me on Twitter at D4384 on the NLSC as a contributor, D43, um, and YouTube, uh,
0: D43 good stuff coming out i'm uh, very much enjoying those podcasts uh listening to the ones uh obviously not on uh all all the ones but listening to the uh you know listen listening to all the uh, other people talking about uh basketball as well um i was kind of sorry i missed out on the uh uh, tim duncan versus akima laguan debate because I will uh, we'll have to talk that, about what
1: we'll, that we're going to be doing that on episode 8 hopefully
0: but, uh yeah I'll, I'll have to uh, I, I'd love to be in on that one to be honest I'll, I'll I'll share my thoughts with you on on uh, on Twitter I'm sure and uh, in the comments of that video <laughs> but um, no definitely check out everything that uh, Derek is doing I of course am doing most of my stuff on the NLSC uh, on Twitter I am Andrew NLSC if you'd like to follow me there where I talk about basketball games basketball and my other interests the nlsc is on social media of course we're on facebook and twitter at the nlsc we're on instagram nlsc basketball our youtube is youtube.com slash nba live series center although we are the nlsc there as far as the channel name but the vanity url is nba live series center and of course give a look to the nlsc itself nba-live.com for everything we do for basketball video games But yes, that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.